Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 237th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Audio Technica and 8bit.net. Now, I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the M50Xs to my BP40, my podcast, Ride or Die. You can find her on damn socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the hell are you going today? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you listen to this wonderful podcast. Um, I hope the day finds you well. I do indeed. Greetings and salutations, as they yeah. say in uh, Demolition Man, which is an absolute classic. Haven't and it seems seen to be. You still haven't seen it? (laughs) I am getting ripped apart lately based on the movies that I have been seeing, like have seen or have not seen. I know it still crushes you to this day that I've never really watched a full Jurassic Park movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one of the ones that hurt me the most, I think. Yeah. You know, that's 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 a heartbreaker for me, but I can't say too much because you're not the only one in this sort of similar boat. Like, uh, old Australia's John O'Peck is the same. Like, he's starting mm-hmm. to now go down the the rabbit hole that is 80s, 90s sci-fi action, horror, whatever you want to classify it as. But mm-hmm. it's only taken him 30-odd years to watch some of these movies. So, better late yeah. than never. So, I've still got hope, Miss Hart. I've still got hope. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I'm one of the people that, um, is it Judge Dredd? Judge um, Dredd, yeah. I never saw the original, but I just skipped to that remake that happened. I fucking love it. It's just called I, Dredd, isn't it? Yeah. I loved, loved, loved the remake. Like, Carl Urban was an amazing Dredd. And uh, mm. Lena Headey is, uh, I can't remember what her name was. Is the, Mama or the something, right? Mama. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was so great. Like, it was kind of just a ripoff of, like, Game of Death and stuff like that. But it was really freaking cool. It really cool. It was pretty cool. cool. It was like a video game kind of movie where he was just like going to through levels. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, like I hold out hope. Like, oh, Carl Urban has has said he'd be open to like a like a Netflix like esque TV series of mm. Dread. Uh, but I don't know. He's he's doing too much now as Billy Butcher in uh, the Boys. So maybe he's just tied up with that. So uh, we can only hope, Miss Hart. We can only hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because it's great. Anyone that hasn't watched Dread, though, I know we've talked about it here and there over the years. And, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's Don't listen to old episodes because I think Reese Kirby poo-pooed it. He said it was Someone really bad. Someone didn't like it, yeah, yeah. But I was incredibly impressed because I do feel like it was definitely a movie that went under the radar. Like, for some reason, it just it felt like it was, like, maybe a flop or it was maybe straight to streaming or something like that. But... It's like one of those things where it just doesn't have the hype behind it and then everyone just gets around to watching it or experiencing it and then everyone goes, hang on a second, this is actually really good. And Hell then the yeah. hype just, you know, keeps on building and building and building and then it just becomes known as, this was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was just like foot to the floor, balls to the wall, action and gore and violence from like mm. five minutes in to the end of the credits like there exactly. was just death and chaos the entire time and there's a story in the back of it don't don't get us wrong but it's just it's a good popcorn movie yeah definitely popcorn carl urban's just a boss i love him 
I'm trying to think what I know him from. Like, I feel like there's something that I specifically know him from. He was in Lord of the Rings. Um, Definitely not that. He was also <laughs> in... I always forget if it was... Being Human, I think, was the TV show where he had a mm. like a synthetic robot partner. So he was a human and they get partnered up with like a an android, I guess you could say, as a, as a partner in the police force, which was a good show. I think it only made one season, but it was a good show. I do recall the name, but I don't yeah. think I watched it. But, but it's been around. It's been around mm. the traps. I'll figure oh, Carl it out. Urban. Mm. Yeah, it'll come to you. It will, you still haven't watched The Boys yet, have you? No. <laughs> so you don't remember him from that. My bad. <laughs> No. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness gracious. So um, outside of not watching fantastic films and television, mm. um, what have you been doing this past week? Um, just to kind of get back from last week and my experience with Doom, I managed to push through. It was actually a um, uh, depth of field issue. Oh, yeah, you scaled so it back? I, yeah, scaled, uh, scaled it back forward, whatever I did, but it fixed it. Like So I was able to like just hammer it out and play it and it's such a good game i can see why um it gets a lot of credit like i kind of had no doubt being an og doom fan but um it's just good to see it brought into this day and age and it still do so well while keeping being new but keeping a lot of the aesthetic that we loved from the original so fixed it i'm happy now i'm playing through it now enjoying it so looking forward to it and then obviously i'll move on to eternal yeah, a bit of Doom Eternal with a couple of DLC packs waiting for you as well. Oh, nice. So uh, you'll keep busy. Yeah, so fix that. So it's just so everyone knows in the update from last week. And I finally got back into Apex Legends um, only for a short stint. Um, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't rolling around the same time that you usually play video games. Uh, so I had to play with randoms. Uh, anyone who followed me on social media saw what that kind of experience was. There are some uh, interesting usernames you were partnered up with from what I saw there. Yeah. Um, the favorite from the, the response of my social media post was the three-day-old hot dog water. That was the username. And um, you could imagine that th- this team obviously wasn't going to be the greatest. Your typical drop-and-run people and then pinging you when, they're, <laughs> when they've died. God, that annoys I, me. I'm almost certain I had like five revives on that one round, like just constantly trying to bring them back to life and heal them and then they run off and do their own thing again. So I'm dedicated. I will never leave like a man behind if I really can't, like unless they're like deep in the zone, like in the red, then I'm like, sorry, mate. Like You're one of the few. You get some of these other randos you drop in and and you'll get downed and they'll be like in the room beside you and they're just like, no, fuck this, I'm out and just bail on you. And you're just like, dude, you could grab me right now but instead you're you're off or you're trying to find a gun or like a gun upgrade when you already kitted enough. Like it's so frustrating. Yeah, like out of all those like mediocre experience, I had a really great experience with um, I died instantly. It was a hot drop and then this person grabbed me, ran off, brought my banner back and i've never really had this happen before when i dropped they threw me one of their guns that's like, that's pretty rare you know that's that's like golden goose right there. friend <laughs> and then it's like that meme where it's like when you finally find a good player and then the match enters and you're like don't leave me <laughs> yeah what is what a squad up <laughs> please please don't leave me so um but it's fun um the new mode's interesting the um Healing points or whatever they're called. 
Yeah, yeah. I um because I think it changes every couple of days. I think they've yeah. got like a week or two of these different mode rollouts. So I played a couple of games, and it was the one where it was the the shields like um oh I, like I don't know if you'd say respawn like regenerate. I guess is the better word for it. Where your shield gets cracked, and if you can sort of take cover for. I think it's five or 10 seconds after that, it starts to regenerate your shield chunks again. So that mm. was kind of cool because it, it made you have to play more aggressively because if you're just sort of chipping away and then hiding, by the time you push back again, they're, they're fully shielded they up again. So, are, yeah. All the, yeah, all the damage so, is undone essentially. Yeah. So I played a few modes of that, but I had, I had the direct opposite of what you said with that, that nice person. I had people that were just YOLOing in where you'd still be picking after dropping in and they'd be halfway across the zone already. It's like, dude, what are you doing? And then they're attacking full squads by themselves and you're like, oh my God, all right, I'm running over. I'm probably going to die running over. And That's the I thing die. I don't understand now is that um, Apex has actually added the function where you don't have to fill a team. You can go and buy yourself now if you really, really want to. So I think it's kind of shitty now that there's still these players who jump in with a team and then run off. It's like, if you want to play like that, play no fill. Like, yeah. go in by yourself now. Don't yeah. ruin the game for everyone else. It's very frustrating. Very frustrating. Mm. But I didn't, I only played maybe total, I'd think this week, maybe like a half a dozen matches. No wins. Yeah. Uh, got got two seconds, a third, and then like, yeah, like an instant dead drop on one of them. And then same, not too long after. I'm like, yeah, that's enough for me. I'm not feeling it right now. Put it down. And Put it down. That's the worst is when, like, I ha I started off with a lot of good matches and then they went downhill. So then when they start going downhill and you just kind of, you get exhausted with it and the frustration, you're like, that's it, that's enough. And yep. then you kind of put the controller or the keyboard and mouse away for a, for a few yeah, days. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I feel I'm getting more mature in my decisions with that. Instead of just keep going and letting the blood boil over and <laughs> yeah. I, I just like crack and I'm just like, I'm f not feeling good right now. That was frustrating. So I'm done. I'm done. Yes. I'm walking away. I'm walking away. Uh, and then I walked into, uh, <clears throat> walked over to Enoch a little bit more again this past week. And Benny and mm, I, yep. end game content with uh, Outriders still, still very grindy. Enemies very, 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 very spongy. Uh, wanted to emphasize the very, maybe two more times there. Because mm -hmm. uh, holy, holy moly, like um, we're just hunting for like legendary weapons and armor now. So it's just. Yeah. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat type of uh, missions and and random encounters and the end bosses you fight on these things. Uh, Benny and I, there was one I remember. I don't know if I'd say fondly because it was just frustrating by the end of it. There's this one boss, mm -hmm. and no shit. I reckon it took us twenty minutes to down this this guy because it was just like we're on like world tier twelve, and that obviously increases the the level of the enemy. I think it's by twelve. I think it's like plus ten to what you are. Yeah. So they do big damage, but they also have a health bar, you know, the size of, I don't know, the equator or something like, and 20 minutes of us like shooting this guy, like he never really got us down by the end of it, but it'd be like, all right, I'm going to go get some more ammo because I'm out again. And then he'd do that. And then I'd roll out and he'd do that and roll out. And it was 20 minutes of sponging this dude. We got him down eventually, but it got to the point where I'm like, this isn't fun. This is just and annoying. That's what happened, I felt, with The Division, is that it got you kind of started really getting into the high-level game, that they the only way that they could, like, challenge you 
was to make just the bad guys just even more spongy. Like it just took longer to kill these bosses because their health bar was longer and it took a little bit more um, effort and damage to actually bring them down. Because um, so I can't remember who mentioned it recently to me where they kind of mentioned games where they start off with a hype, but then just out of nowhere, the player base kind of crashes and why mm. those kind of things happen. And the division was brought up and like, that's usually like the key factors. Everyone just said like end game, like monotonous it got boring it got repetitive like repetitive so yeah it's a shame yeah like it's still it's still scratching an itch at the moment just because there's not a huge like i'm still waiting for these these may games with like mass effect and resident evil so it's yeah. it's still a good itch scratcher but i'm i'm losing a little bit of passion this past week on it because it's just it's so same same run in I- here soak up a hundred enemies fight the bosses run in there same 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 and then hope that you might get a drop and then when you get the drop hope that it's better than what you're wearing or or shooting already so it's like it's tough and i I get that they want to do that to keep players coming back but as you said like it can also then make players go away yeah can so Uh, so we'll see running those um what are they called expeditions is that what they um yeah yeah so we've done a couple of those we need to do need to go back in and do more of those as well but we've just sort of been clearing out like i think we've finished every every side quest in the game now i think we've done everything off the map and now it's just the expedition so we're starting to chip through that as well but yeah i'm gonna gonna take a couple of days off from uh outriders <coughs> excuse me and uh yeah maybe go back next week who knows i still got um a couple other games that we've been talking about the last few weeks to get back in like to try out like i i actually fired up old uh narita boy the other day but then i'm like i don't even feel like playing games so i just yeah. turned that off and just chuck netflix on so no shot to the game itself i was just not not vibing for, for yeah. games at the moment it, like it happens and i think you'll probably find a lot of people our age now especially with like a lot of things in life kind of getting in the way or just general like mental health and stresses sometimes you just you don't want to get into a game like you you want a game like you want to play video games but you just don't want to get into something you don't want to start yeah. something you don't want to th- you don't want to think in my case so it's always good to have like those backup um comfort games as we refer to them exactly exactly so yeah <clears throat> they scratched a bit of an itch this week but um yeah outside of that just been been working i haven't been playing or watching a ton of things just hanging out for stuff that's dropping this week and then in in future weeks but um if we jump into some housekeeping, obviously, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit if you want to get behind us monetarily. If you can, that'd be great. If not, that's also fine. Uh, but yeah, you can subscribe to us for $5 AUD a month, which, you know, is it's about the cup of a coffee these days. You want to shout us a coffee every month and get access to exclusive podcasts, giveaways, and uh, random other 8-bit swag. You can do that there. You can also buy our exclusive 8-bit coins from Kofi as well. $20 AUD delivered anywhere in the globe. Uh, obviously it was a single limited run so once these things are sold out you're never going to be able to get one of these anywhere else unless someone's maybe on selling them on ebay for a very high high profit because it is such a premium prestigious item mm. so uh yeah kofi.com forward slash we are able to get on that and also if you want to get yourself immortalized in the star wars portrait for 2021 uh going to be sharing some uh updates on on photos or graphics on that over at kofi.com 
today so i've just got some some new new updates from exu who's doing the, the artwork on this one and it is looking so good and uh we're looking so good or so bad if we've uh, picked bad characters so who knows Ooh. but yeah keep your eyes and ears peeled on that one on the socials and obviously uh our april giveaway <clears throat> is still running really simple to get in on it you just gotta drop a subscription not not a subscription sorry just drop a review on apple podcasts uh, it's going to take you 60 seconds or so just drop an honest review on any of the 8-bit oriented podcasts we're talking the hungry gamers we're talking comedy rewind putting in work the 8-bit cast hunrod first or hoop dreams uh chuck a review on there and then just drop an email or a dm with a screenshot of your review to go in the draw to win yourself an adg1 audio technica gaming headset an 8-bit tv you're choosing a founder's coin and some extra swagger uh, winners will be announced at the start of May. Then we'll kick off our May giveaway as well. Uh, but once you're done doing that, uh, also just be sure to rate, view, subscribe us on all those podcast platforms of your choosing because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But hearts and Miss Heart, shall we talk mm. some news? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. All right, a couple little quick hitters uh, in our little target acquired section. So we're talking uh, financial or number related news from the past week in the gaming or culture spheres. And the first one, uh, there is multiple potential buyers allegedly interested in purchasing Square Enix. Mm. They have come out last night and sort of said, oh, we cannot, uh, we cannot confirm this rumor is true at all. But it seems like <laughs> where there is smoke, there is fire. Yeah. And uh, we, we constantly be hearing about uh, Microsoft trying to get uh, into the Japanese market. And what better way to do that than buy a big old pub slash dev known as Square Enix. So uh, watch this space for that one. That'd be a good get for uh, Microsoft. It really, I mean, get. Microsoft has been talking about being relatively kind to their um, you know, console pal or console enemy, I guess, uh, in PlayStation. So taking something like Square Enix, which um, has like big, I would say like PlayStation favorite titles. Like, yeah. I feel like they're usually more geared towards like PlayStation. So yeah, so like they've like Square and Sony have sort of been best buds with like the Final Fantasy franchise for mm -hmm. many a year. So uh, just having something like that where they could potentially, even if it's day one parallel releases for future Final Fantasy games, or yeah. they they just uh, say stick it up your ass, Sony. You know, moving forward, Final <laughs> Fantasy 16, 17, 18, 35, whatever it is, it's a Microsoft <laughs> exclusive. So yeah, yeah, but. It's interesting because that would that would encompass stuff like Final Fantasy, uh, Kingdom Hearts, Dragon mm. Quest, Marvel's Avengers, even Outriders, stuff like that. So there's a lot of games in that portfolio that, uh, yeah, could be could be gobbled up in the future. But uh, for now, it's very much a, a strong rumor at the water cooler. Yes, for now. For now. For now. Um, not not a dollars and cents thing, but Apex Legends um, this past week has hit 100 million players globally. Nice. Uh, so that's just a huge, huge, huge milestone there for Respawn, which is awesome because you know, love this game, you love this game, and it's awesome yeah. to see that it's that it's managed to ride the wave and, and survive amongst all these other uh, BRs that go the way of the dinosaur fairly quickly. So yeah. uh, it's good to see. We definitely see them um, come and go. There's like ones that just fizzle straight away. There's some that reach like 
like instant success at the start and then once again they just fade away for whatever reason i would say that like right now that um apex's only major competitor would have to be um warzone right yeah i'd say so like like pubg's a distant like third place these days Mm -hmm. so warzone i think is the probably the top dog maybe based off overall numbers but yeah apex has certainly ascended to the top of the mountain which is awesome oh and fortnite oh yeah how can we forget that bloody game a a little a little little unknown game called fortnite i'm sure they're doing well i'm sure they're doing great i think so i think so (laughs) they're certainly not losing money on that game that's for damn sure Another uh, metric-based stat here. So Twitch has set a new monthly viewership record for the month in March with 2.06 billion hours watched, according to Stream Elements analytics partner Rainmaker.gg. That figure represents a year-over-year growth of 105% for Twitch. So my goodness gracious, uh, I wonder what the ratio of uh, hot tub streams uh, increased that number by percentage-wise. So, yeah. I wonder, like, um, it's definitely been discussed a lot now as um, things kind of rules and all that sort of business is kind of lightening up here, especially over here in the States. So people are returning back to work They're you know, everything's kind of healing over and going back to normal. So a lot of people who were at home aren't going to be at home anymore. So there's um, a lot of uh, streamers who maybe like started up recently or within the last two years, um, they, there's a good chance that they might see a drop in numbers soon. Mm. So, yeah. So get, get that, uh, Get that biscuit while you can. <laughs> Get them <laughs> subs and donos while you can before people start yeah, going back to nine to fives or whatever and can't sit and watch you for, for many moons, many hours. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but 2.06 billion hours watched. Like I saw mm. some other numbers, uh, like Facebook gaming was at 400 million hours watched. So that's his, uh, like what, one-fifth? One-fifth yeah. of the, the, the market share? I'm curious too also because Ludwig, who is a streamer, um, just recently finished his subathon where he was essentially getting ticked over with sub. Was it just subs or was it also donations as well? But he's, he's, what it ended up was like 250,000 subs or just about, I think maybe it was 240,000 odd subs he's got. So he's, he's now the, uh, the record holder for the most concurrent subs in. I'd say like it wouldn't just be Twitch history. Like you could say in in streaming history, like he he uh, surpassed Ninja. Yeah. And uh, yeah, two hundred and forty odd million, two hundred and forty odd thousand subscribers. So for that one month alone, not even including donos, he'd be getting over a million dollars in subscriber money. Seen a a breakdown. Um, He's paying his mods. Um, they've calculated a percentage and it's a pretty high amount. So all the mods that he had that worked during that month are getting a payout. Awesome. Um, he's also dropping, it's either 200 or 300,000 to a charity um, and then taxes and then, <laughs> and then Twitch tax. Um, uh, I think in the end he might be getting like 200,000 himself. You know so, what though? Like for that's a still work. a big chunk of change, but <laughs> like awesome... Work. Awesome that he's not only dropping a big chunk of this to a charity, but also that he's paying his mods fairly as well, because that's yeah. that's something that doesn't get enough talk in, in the streamer game. Like these mods, it's it's a very thankless role for some of these mods. And 
not not often they're they're getting not only any recognition but also like cash for the countless hours that they put into this shit. Mm. So it's awesome that um that he's that he's honoring them and, and giving them what they're worth, which is great. Yeah. But imagine that. Imagine having a quarter of a million subscribers. Yeah. My yeah. God. My God. He doesn't Make seem like bank. a bad dude either. So I'm kind of like, yeah, this kind of worked out. It was a little a little funny, a little weird. You know, he would stream while he was sleeping. So people would kind of just, I think if you donated or you subbed while he was streaming, it made a noise, which I guess was an incentive. So Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're getting 31 creative. days straight. Yeah, they're getting creative. Like, uh, yeah, the sleeping streams, the hot tub streams. There was someone streaming from like a bubble bath the other day. So we're going to see shower streams soon. Like it's it's inevitable. It's, you know, people people are finding ways to to stand out and uh, get that uh, get that Johnny Cash. And uh, yeah, people are also getting Johnny Cash. We're talking about CD Projekt. For the past full year, they brought in a record 562 million US dollars in consolidated sales revenues. That number is more than four times what it reported for 2019 and more than two and a half times the company's previous record of 210 million, which was set in 2015 with the launch of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So, City Project Red. Uh, obviously, most uh, recently known for Cyberpunk 2077 dramas and issues uh, clearly have, uh, you know, they've, they've come out in the black, that's for sure. Like, obviously, there was lawsuits and mm. issues and getting ripped off the PlayStation Store and everything else like that that went into it too. But this game still was one of the most anticipated of the last, I don't know, five, ten years. It was a long time. Yeah. And, like... Even on, even like before, um, like what was it? Day one, they they'd made profit on the game because of the amount of pre-orders and sales out from day one. So they were in the black from day one, which is sweet and it's cool. You see devs doing this, and obviously the the subsequent shitstorm that happened after that's a story that we've spoken about many times. But um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 still cool to see companies have success, and and we we I think we sort of try and look at it from a positive space here and that they're learning from these mistakes and, and a lot of the the marketing spoof and the follow-ups that all the, the the producers and the heads of the studio have come out with and said, you know, we're learning from this, we're sorry, we're working on this and that and the other. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and uh, clearly people with their wallets also have given them the benefit of the doubt because this, uh, this studio has made a big chunk of change in the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, from uh, the side of being just a gamer and consumer, it's a positive thing to see just in the space of gaming being taken uh, seriously and also being a high value uh, entertainment resource. It's, you know, reaching the same levels as TV and movies now. So the more money they make, the more big titles, big games, big studios, big developers, like, it, it's it, it's only going to increase. So unfortunately, we're you know, still working on how to get that stuff out and in a, you know, adequate mm. manner. But uh, it's still a positive in respects to us being gamers and just having far, far, far more um, titles to consume. So 100%. So uh, yeah, but 562 million US dollars. Uh, that's a that's a pretty successful uh financial period there for them so uh onwards and upwards and hopefully we get that uh that next gen 
nice polished cyberpunk yeah. bug free and then uh you know the subsequent witcher spin-offs and everything else so uh they're two universes that i want to keep playing until i can play no more so yeah. uh yeah keep doing your thing city project and well done even though yeah your release was a bit of a shitstorm. well done overall I'll, I'll pay you pay you there uh the next bit of news seeker survivor of the post-apocalypse and hunter of machines aloy jumps into Fortnite on the playstation 5 and playstation 4 Yes, you heard that right. We are getting another IP crossover. This time we see Horizon Zero Dawn lending Aloy to Fortnite. Uh, Aloy's bundle includes the Aloy outfit, her Blaze canister, uh, canister back bling, Aloy's spear pickaxe, Glinthawk glider, shield weaver wrap, the hearth, the heart, the heart rise on emote, and Aloy the Skywalker loading screen, which is available in the bundle only, that loading screen. So if you want to get that standalone, you cannot. You've got to get it all. As a bonus to PlayStation 5 players, anyone that owns the Aloy outfit and plays Fortnite on their PlayStation 5 will unlock the Ice Hunter Aloy style. There's also a thing called the Aloy Cup, which is live right now and available only on PlayStation consoles. The Aloy Cup rewards precision and mastery fitting of its namesake when utilizing the bow in-game. So, uh... Damn, this just keeps happening. Like, this was a surprising one for me. Um, I loved it. Like, I'm a Horizon Zero Dawn mark. And it's another one of them skins where I'm like, God damn it. I want to boot up this game just to get this skin because I love this character. But then I'm like, I don't like Fortnite. So, sorry. I'm moving on. That's how they get you. Mm -hmm. um, put enough things in there that people love, you'll eventually drag them over. This one is, is surprising, but then also not surprising. We recently had God of War added to Fortnite, and that one alone just freaks me out every time I see him dance. Um, but then having Alloy, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the second one will be coming out this year, correct? Y or did it you'd get think pushed? So. That's <laughs> it that's get the pushed? Uh, that's the that's the strong the strong discussions, but they still haven't even announced a a year like. Everything's alluding to it in 2021, but I think with uh, with COVID and stuff, maybe it's going to get kicked. Possibly. Um, which sucks, but it's life. Because oh, like, it would make sense to kind of line that up and I guess essentially keep hype for something. Because mm -hmm. um, the fact that they actually made something called the Alloy Cup, like they kind of did this little side thing to attach to the character's release in game and a lot of PlayStation exclusives as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very interesting addition. It's a very uh, unique way that they've added the character. Uh, I really wanted to just see how you felt about it, since you know. Yeah, like I like it. Like I think the skin looks really nice. Like it's it's it a it's a cool looking skin. It's uh, it looks just like Aloy, but in in yeah Fortnite aesthetic. You know, as far as the the, the character model and the I guess the stripped back detail that that Fortnite characters have comparative to other games out there like it's it's their art style it works and mm -hmm. it's noticeable it's cool but like yeah I, I just need to sort of plant my flag and say i'm not getting in on any of this because I've, I've let predator go past i've let xenomorph go past i've let ellen ripley go past i've yeah. let yeah master chief um mandalorian wolverine all these I characters that i love and I've just let them all, you know, walk on by, walk on by, and I, I gotta, I gotta keep doing that. I gotta stand strong because I can't, I can't get immersed in this Fortnite universe. I simply refuse to go and play this game anymore because I, I can't get hooked and get frustrated, and I hate building. So I'm just, no, I'm out. 
I'm I was out. Gonna, I was going to pitch to you, like, what would be the character that would drag you over? But you have said some very key franchises that are very important to you, and yet they still haven't grabbed you. So no. I think this one you've actually done really well holding back. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised myself thinking about it now because I'm a sucker for a for a good bit of marketing and I'm a sucker for wasting money on things that I'll probably use once. And that would be very evident with these skins because yeah, these, these are characters I adore, mm. but no, I'm out. I'm not going in. Fortnite's dead to me. We've broken off talks, unsuccessful, not playing. Very but the skin looks great. Love the skin. Wish I could have the skin, but I'm just, no, I can't do it. So you have no skin in the game. I got no skin in the game. None at all, even though I'd like to have many skins in this game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's it. Like, yeah, like all these franchises that you and I adore, they're they've been getting dumped into Fortnite over the last twelve months and they're gonna keep doing it. Like they I know that like there's gonna be like Jurassic Park skin crossovers. Yeah. Like we're gonna get like Dr. Grant and Dr. Malcolm in there, and I'm like, God damn it, a, like a Jeff Goldblum skin with his Ooh. with his shirt like d- unbuttoned and stuff like that. I'm like, damn, I could rock that, but no, I can't do it. Rock that. Can't do it. Sorry, Fortnite. Sorry, Epic. It's not as if you need my my petty dollars. But anyway, can't do it. Can't do it. Um so the next one is hard. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about uh the latest uh, Nintendo Indie World that dropped this past week. So that was uh, on April 14th through 5th or slash 15, depending on where you were in the world. I watched bits and pieces of this. So I think I, I might throw it over to you because uh, I know you had had some good things to say. Maybe we could maybe jump in on some of the games that were announced that sort of stood out to us. Like there was yeah. was 20, 20, 20 or 21, 21 total. I can't remember. 21, yeah. So it was. It felt like it was 20, but then they did the old sneaky at the end and said, oh, actually, we've got one more game for you. So then it turned mm-hmm. 21. Um, overall, the event, like I'm loving these like online showcases um we recent the last one we spoke about was micro uh microsoft i believe yeah yeah microsoft yeah, the, indie with one. the uh, games at id one yeah um as i mentioned with that event i felt like that one probably dragged on a little too long um there was a lot of uh in between like events interviews kind of uh discussions and even with ad breaks <laughs> and actual ad breaks yeah that's right i forgot about those <laughs> And the, like host banter as well. So that that did feel like it went for a long time. Um, in contrast to these Nintendo Indie World, um, it was perfect. It went for the right amount of time. They did have moments where game developers actually got to give you a quick blurb about their game. And it was like, it wasn't long. It wasn't exaggerated. They just had like, I would say like maybe, maybe a minute or so to like kind of give you a rundown about what their game is about or just something, you know, that was quite special and that, to them in particular or what made them made made their game special or whatever so i think they did right by that um you got to see a bunch of trailers a few little you know micro breakdowns on what the games were and then yeah the the showcase finished and then they said oh hang on we've got one more game and then they you know shocked everyone with the game at the end and then it was over i think they always do a really good showcase and the games within there there was actually some really good interesting games that are definitely on my radar now there's some good variety too like you know a lot of people think that all indie games are the same or a lot of uncultured gamers think you know indie games are all the same but like just seeing the 
the different tones of these 21 games, the different art styles, the different genres, the different soundtracks, all this kind of stuff. Like there was 21 different flavors that they showcase there and um, some absolute yeah. little gems. And it's great to see because yeah, everyone gets caught up in the bright lights of the big triple A's, you know, they, they latch on to the, the, the couple of big titles that drop every year, but there's games like this that are, that are releasing every damn week out there that are well worth your time and your money and your investment. And yeah, some of these games looked interesting and um, very quirky. Like, I know we were sort of talking offline uh, about some of these games. Like, I've got no skin in the game for, like, uh, the the Oli Oli universe, but they've yeah, sort of shown either. Oli Oli World, which is like a, a skateboarding series from Roll7. I didn't even know of this franchise until this indie showcase, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> I've heard of it, and I've actually been quite familiar with uh, their very like I guess a very niche fan base that really really love this game franchise so I know that um when this was announced during the event my Twitter feed got a bit excited over it um as well as what I guess could be taken away is the key title at the end which was um Oxenfree 2. I I know of Oxenfree I know it's a well-loved game I've actually never played it I've been told that I did like it though I think you would like it's it's a it's a little banger. Uh, I think it's still available on uh, our friend Xbox Game Pass as well. Oh, so snap. Uh, yeah, great little indie gem. So yeah, Night School Studios. That was that was the big like uh, cheeky, cheeky. Mm. You know, we got your moment. There's another one, and Just um, one the socials actually like everyone was like, holy fuck, this is amazing. Like um, yeah. I know a fair few people in our circles, like Lauren from um from OK Games, uh, now Story Mode. Uh, she loves, 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 loves Oxenfree. And um, seeing her just glowing about this sequel uh, got me hyped to go back into it because um, yeah, it's a very simple game like from a mechanics perspective, but just the the narratives and the, the emotional hooks you get from the characters that you play as and interact with is really, really cool. Really, really yeah. cool. So yeah, check out Oxenfree when you get some time. Put it on your list of ever-growing things to watch and play but uh yeah make make it a priority miss hart i reckon yeah i'll have to now knowing it's on it could still be on game pass i might be able to just play through that hopefully in the next few days yeah another one i thought looked really cool was um aerial knights never yield yeah which was like the a runner style game tokyo inspired detroit universe uh super slick the soundtrack was pumping along um there's a demo out for this already and the game comes out in like a month's time which is really exciting so uh yeah never yield looks really really cool that one really um kind of is like drew my attention at the start because um like those little short video snippets where the devs kind of talk about their game and um the creator of aerial knights never yield actually explained that he created this game because he wanted to be able to, you know, create games and he was not like normally, you know, so welcomed in the scene. So he had the ability to do it himself. And I th- I think it was great that he was able to kind of push that message forward. And I think that's why we should be more active in following indie games because mm-hmm. there are a lot of stories and a lot of tales out there that people want to tell. And there's a lot of wonderful, unique stories that a lot of us are not even aware of because of you know how we're brought up or the you know specific lives that we leave and due to the games we can get a small glimpse into other people's worlds and experiences so i think that's definitely what's fantastic about seeing the rise in indie games and seeing how i guess accessible 
they they become to um, small developers. So mm. um, Aerial Knights Never Yield is definitely going to be on my radar. Yeah, no, it looks awesome. Uh, another an- another one that was sort of I think we were both in agreement for was uh, Aztec Forgotten Gods. Yeah, that one looks sick. It looked really, really freaking cool. I really um I really hope because in the trailer that we saw, it's just stylized. It looks beautiful. It looks stunning. But there was also a really heavy like rock metal soundtrack mm-hmm. in the background. So I'm like, man, I hope that's in game. I really I'm gonna be so on board with it. But it's um it's it's from a Mexican developer and um it's based on Aztec mythology and uh, due to my husband, like I'm just super fascinated with it. And so this yeah. game is definitely gonna also be on my must play. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming out later this year as well, which was awesome. Uh, the majority of the games that they highlighted were games that are all dropping. Uh, I think eighty to ninety percent of the games are coming out this year, and some of like and, and a good chunk of that eighty ninety percent are coming out in the next like two three months. So yeah. the the hype and the anticipation, you don't have to wait too long. Like um, like just a quick quick reference to like uh, you know the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. Like it got a little bit more love. And it's just so nostalgia scratching for everybody. Yeah. And the fact that you can play four-player beat-em-up on the Nintendo Switch on that's going to be so good. I'll be playing that like heavily, I think, when it drops. And uh, I cannot wait for that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's so many cool-looking games. Any any other ones you wanted to, to throw yeah. out that were, that were highlighted for you? I'm really interested in the game that was called The Longing. Um, this one was from a German developer and it's a story about like i think it's to do with f- like folklore but yeah, it's about yeah. this this character who um this little creature who's waiting for his master or his king of their underground kingdom to come back but you, you actually like you you play it for 400 days like so you have to fulfill this character's life for like 400 days till the king or his master you know comes back and it's just the style is like hand drawn style and it's kind yeah. of like gothic spooky kind of like it's a really interesting style and then having this element where it's like you have to play well I, I believe they kind of said you don't necessarily have to play it to see the end game but it's definitely something that they've added into the game to make it quite unique and special which is you have to play the game for the 400 days that your this character has to wait for their king to return. So I think it's incredibly like interesting. The style looks great. It's kind of kind of spooky, kind of unique with the folklore and everything attached to it. So that one also grabbed my attention as well. So that was the longing. It's such a cool concept, and and the awesome thing with the longing too, it's out now. Like it was yeah. out, like um, available as as of sort of uh, the the Nintendo Indie Direct. Like the Nintendo Indie Showcase, I should say, it was yeah available as of as of a couple of days ago, and and yeah, it looks cool artistically, super slick, and I like that concept where it's using the the internal clock of mm. of the the console or the um of the PC, and yeah, potentially this game you could you could be playing this game for over a year straight on and off, you know, and there'll be different things to experience and encounter, and after that four hundred days. Wonder what kind of payoff you're gonna get from from your from your king waking up from his slumber. Yeah, it's like I think it's really cool because for the most part, a lot of us do play games continually every day and everything. Like especially the ones that we you know, we enjoy the most, so we always return, we always put the hours in and everything. So imagine playing a game 
all the time and then finding out that oh since because you played this game for a certain amount of days there's this whole backstory that you know you can look forward to so I don't know it's something that's wonderful about it and I'm sure a lot of people have probably thought of it but this person's actually done it so yeah it's just it's crazy unique I love it yeah yeah it, it certainly stood out amongst like uh this this 20 odd 20 odd announcements and little highlights so mm. plenty of other cool games I liked um the the concept of that road 96 which was yeah. like a narrative adventure game uh classic sort of road movie apparently there's like thousands of procedurals uh generated story lines that could take you in every which way so i like that there is a lot of a lot of dice roll and replayability with that yeah uh, that's coming out later this year and it, it i thought aesthetically it looked cool had a nice cool vibe to it. it looked like a bit of a chill game that you could just sort of lose hours in at a time just uh you know cruising the open road yeah, I and I'm a big fan of um, games when the narrative can, is up to you and you make one decision and that changes the storyline and you can always like go back and make another decision to see where it leads you. So I, I'm always a big fan of those kind of story driven games. Yeah, and any any other ones on the list there that you wanted to sort of waffle on? Like, sort of, we're <laughs> not going to hit every single one of them. That doesn't mean any of these games aren't worth our time, but we're just no, sort of just trying to talk about... No, it just encourages you listeners, yeah. if you didn't get to watch it, go watch it because there's Heck a yeah. bunch. There was a bunch. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this one. It was called Getsu Fuma Den. Um, oh, yep, yep. Like hack and slash um, kind of game. Once again, not my kind of thing, but it looks gorgeous. It looks so stunning. Um, definitely got my attention just purely um, due to the art style. So, um, yeah, it's I don't done think- by Konami too, which was a surprise. Mm. Like, uh, obviously, there's there's a lot of uh, rumors getting tossed around with what they're up to these days and things like that. And uh, yeah, then we get uh, Getsu Famaden, uh, Undying Moon, I think, is the the extension of the the game there. But that's that's next year. Sadly, yes. that's one of the ones we don't get this year. Yeah, put that on the back burner. Oh, and. The other game that everyone, like a lot of people had a fondness for this game. I have yet to play it. Seems like my kind of thing. Um, Fez. Um, a 2D, 3D platformer puzzle kind of stylized game. I remember when it came out way, way back when. Feels like forever ago. But yeah, now they've uh, managed to get that one on the Nintendo Switch, which seems perfect. Seems like the right kind of game for the Switch. So um, a lot of uh, Fez uh, fans were really excited to see that um that game being brought onto the nintendo switch yeah and available now as well so uh you can get your fez fix on your on your switch right now fez fix. yeah but um i'm with you like i just love these little these little tight focus showcases that these uh various publishers are getting involved in now i think it's phenomenal you know taking sub 60 minutes out of your day when it's all said and done to to get a smattering of updates or new announcements or gameplay or whatever it is. I think it's cool because it keeps these games in our minds. And also like with some of these games we've mentioned that like your eye might not have heard of until this showcase went, holy shit, I'm in on this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pre-ordering this or I'm buying this right now, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's smart, smart marketing and it's, it's the new normal, which I'm all about. Yeah, and I was going to say, it doesn't really cost them anything either. But, like, it, it would be minuscule in the sense of, like, if them having this item on their store by having these indie events and just giving these um, smaller developers just that little bit of extra reach. I mean, we're all set to you know, at least buy at least one or two of these games now. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that that's that's some easy money right there. And these small developers get to put their product out there and let us see it. 
yeah no it's so great so great so keep keep these events coming like uh a lot of like physical events are great but this is just the perfect accompaniment especially with the way the world is and how busy people are these days 30 60 minutes just bam 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 update announcement update announcement and then you go about the rest of your day it's the best yeah it's the best and uh moving on to a slightly more different toned showcase that also dropped <laughs> this past week so this uh this came out in the early hours of Friday morning or Thursday evening for those other people around the rest of the world. And now we're going to recap the most recent Resident Evil showcase. I've taken some words here from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. Capcom's latest Resident Evil showcase not only gave us a new look at the upcoming Resident Evil Village and shared that a new demo is on the way, but it also officially revealed that Resident Evil 4 VR will soon be making its way to the Oculus Quest 2. This version of Resident Evil 4 will be in first person and while more details will be revealed on April 21st during the Oculus Game Showcase, a short gameplay teaser showed things like Leon holding weapons, interacting with a virtual attache case and using a virtual hand crank for one of the puzzles. Giddy up. While PlayStation 5 owners have already gotten a taste of Resident Evil Village via the previously released demo, all platforms will soon be able to try out a gameplay demo that will let players explore both the village and castle portions of the game for one hour. PlayStation owners will have early access to the demo starting from Monday, April 19th, and that's Australian uh, time and date that I'm referencing there, with the village and castle portions separated into two days. Each demo will be available to download and play over an eight-hour window, although the game time is limited to 30 minutes for each portion. The demo will arrive on all platforms, including Google Stadia, on May 1st and 2nd, and players will have an hour to play both the Village demo and Castle demo and can choose how they split their time. While our latest look at Resident Evil Village featured Lady Dimitrescu and everyone's favorite tall vampire, it also focused on returning protagonist Ethan Winters. The new narrative trailer also reveals more about the titular Village, Mother Miranda, Umbrella Corporation's involvement, Ethan's confrontation with Chris Redfield, and much more. Resident Evil Mercenaries, the popular time trial mode that's been around since Resident Evil 3, returns in Resident Evil Village. The mode was last seen in Resident Evil 6, and the idea is to let players compete in high score challenges by racking up kills and collecting time extension bonuses. It will also include new features like power upgrades and weapon shops between rounds. Capcom also premiered the first trailer for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which obviously is a new animated movie coming to Netflix this July, which sees uh, Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield unite as they wait for it, fend off a zombie outbreak in the White House. And as you may recall, Leon once rescued the president's daughter, Ashley Graham, in Resident Evil 4. This time, he's keeping President Graham safe from zombies. And lastly, Dead by Daylight is getting a collaboration event with Resident Evil. Behavior Interactive will reveal the Resident Evil chapter on May 25th during Dead by Daylight's fifth anniversary stream. The collab chapter will be released in June of this year. So this thing all up ran for about 30-ish minutes, give or take. Yeah. Uh, mi mixed in some gameplay with some commentary from various producers and studio heads. And it had this weird cut where it went to like third-party studios talking about Resident Evil because it's obviously 25th anniversary. Yeah. And some of that was so rough and yeah. it was so, so poorly edited. Like um, there was a couple of, a couple of studio heads where it felt like they didn't even have a script. They were just freestyling. And it was just like, duh, duh, um, um, yep, Resident Evil, great. Yep, uh, awesome. 
proud, uh, I'm proud of you. And I'm just like, fuck, who vetted this? Yeah. Who vetted this? It was so crappy. But uh, I like the event overall. 30 minutes, nice and tight. Showed a mixture of new stuff as well as old. The Resident Evil 4 VR thing was an interesting decision to me. Yeah. I love Resident Evil 4. Love VR. I'm thinking I'll play this. But then I'm like, it kind of looked a bit clunky and janky at times with the the traditional yeah. you know vr floating hands and all that kind of stuff so i'm like i don't know i don't know but overall miss Hart, what did you think of this event you think it was well done you liked it um i it was i'm sitting on the same fence where there was a lot of cool stuff that they dropped a lot of good information that we got to see i'm happy we got to see a little segment more segments of the um series on next netflix so it was, it was good to see little bits of that um, but yeah, there was just a few little extra things that they kind of added on. And I was just like, mm, maybe, maybe not. Um, it was cool to see a few more additions to like characters, a lot of in-game stuff. They're referring to, is it now I always get this wrong. I was never watched Underworld. Lichens? Lichens, yep. Werewolves, yeah, yep. So werewolves. Um, so we're now seeing that there's seems to be some like kind of, connection with vampires and them and working together from what it seems like then we heard about mother miranda and the people of the village saying like i don't get it she always looked after us mm-hmm. so there's a lot of we're getting more and more and more information um i also appreciate like just all these demos that they're handing out they're like yeah experience it more get to know it more like i realized that i saw someone in i can't remember which forum it was where they said am I've never been interested in Resident Evil games because I hate zombie games, but I'm now seeing stuff about this new game. What's going on? Is this like a fantasy game now? Because I might actually play it. So um, I, I like this angle and everything looks beautiful. Every time they show a shot inside the castle, it just looks stunning. Yeah, the, the world that they're building over there in Romania looks phenomenal. And yeah, I like that it is such a different, like it's, it's gothic as opposed to the traditional, yeah, slow shuffling zombies mm-hmm. and stuff and mixing in vampires and um, werewolves and what other beasties that, that they'll they'll throw at us throughout our game time. It's so great. It's so great. Like I love that they've reimagined this Resident Evil world through yes. seven and now into eight. Uh, the demo stuff's cool, but the way they're doing it is just weird as hell to me. Like, it's a little, yeah, all over the place. Like it's it's some Da Vinci Code esque uh, <laughs> cracking to actually understand how it all works. Like I'd say I'd say just jump on Google and um, search like Resident Evil Village upcoming demo or something because there's so many weird tiers where uh, you're getting the village and castle portions broken down not only over two separate days but they're only available to be played in eight like in an eight hour block. And yeah. I know I saw. Um, the, the legends over at Press Start for us, is, like for anyone listening in Australia, I think the eight-hour block for us starts from this coming Monday morning, but it's mm. from 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. is your game time oh, to play no. this. So it fucking sucks. That's horrible on a school night. That's yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to get up on like Monday morning at like five, like it's, I know you only get about an hour or so in in the the demo, so I'm going to get up at you know five or six, smack it out for that hour, and then go about my day. So oh. it's not the most convenient timing. 
very important feature though if you are a playstation owner they did say that you can preload the demo so and it's available now i think the preload yeah so get on that if you're planning to do this ridiculous kind of early morning game playthrough it's a bit baffling so yeah so so sony owners get access to this demo like two weeks prior to the rest of the the greater gaming world so on may 1st and 2nd you've got pc the the subsequent xbox ecosystem uh playstation obviously still and then google stadia depending on region i saw there was an asterisk there where it's like the demo is available depending on your region versus stadia users so that'll be running again where it'll be may 1st and may 2nd uh, over that two-day period and you've got an hour total to to get a bit of village action a bit of castle action as well so it's really cool that they're dropping these demos like the game's coming out on the on the 7th of May, so it's coming out in like three weeks, four weeks max. So soon. And we're getting these nice little tasters to try and build up this anticipation and hype. And yeah, hopefully this thing sells like uh, like gangbusters when it when it drops. And I cannot wait for this, Miss Hart. I'm so hyped for some Resident Evil. I just think it's such a wonderful like like we do see demos available for certain games, but actually there's a difference between us being able to play demos but then also us beta testing or alpha testing games where when we have these alpha beta experiences we are essentially testing whether the game can handle player bases or you know certain bugs or whatever whereas opposed to this where um they're giving us the demo of like essentially what we what feels like a completed game so you you are getting a taste of what you will be experiencing and i think that's awesome like I come from a time of uh, PC demo discs and PlayStation demo discs and unfortunately Nintendo didn't really get much for demo wise, but you know, um, and they were a fantastic way to like get people to get a general idea of your game, get to experience a small amount of it, and then you get a decision on whether you want to purchase the game. So um, I'd like to see more of this, to be honest. 100%. Like, like the Switch, like a Nintendo sneakily do that well from time to time these days as well where they're giving yes. like demos for for games to to get you on or off the fence depending on um if if it's going to be a day one purchase so yeah it's it's a bit of a forgotten art the old uh the old demo and mm-hmm. uh it's great that it's sort of having a bit of a resurgence at the moment and um i can't wait i'm going to get up early and, and try this this demo on monday morning and see uh like what what the castle's about a bit more and, and see what's happened out in this village and, and what Mother Miranda's doing or not doing and see how many times I get scared. And the cool thing as well with the demo, they've even said they're like, stream it, you know, chuck it on if you're a content creator, stream it on Twitch, stream it wherever, you, wherever you're wherever um, you making your content just to get as many eyes and, and more opinions on this as you can. So I like yes. that it's not under some NDA or they're saying, you know, don't don't showcase this. They're like, get it out there, which is cool. Tell everyone about our wonderful game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's quite a big, bold move for this uh, this year, essentially, when it comes to the unfortunate, like, replications of, like, COVID and mm-hmm. what a lot of game studios are finding and not being able to get their games out in time and everything. Meanwhile, Resident Evil's just like, here's a demo. Here's yeah. a demo. The game will be out soon. Like, it's yeah, pretty interesting. And then not only you're getting Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8, but you're getting R-Reverse, that multiplayer where everyone's sort of like a bit, maybe this is going to be really bad. But then you also get the Resident Evil Mercenaries mode tossed in there too, which 
which is fun. You know, more action-oriented and just kill as many things as you can. I like that they've got some crazy, like, little upgrades in, like, um, like power upgrades in the game where you find these little weird-looking... I don't know what it was, like a hourglass-looking thing, right? And you mm. smashed it, and then you could pick if your, your guns do more damage or you run faster or a better block. And it, it looked like they stacked because I saw, like, a dozen or half a dozen abilities in the bottom underneath that that were like active abilities and then you had three to pick from to add one more to that list so you could make yourself a bit of a powerhouse in this game yeah or this mode based on what the video said because i unfortunately have never partaked in a mercenary um style of the resident evil franchise uh but they said that the inclusion of the duke who does the store um yeah. is kind of like a relatively newish feature when it comes to the yeah that, that wasn't in prior prior iterations of mercenaries so yeah no. between between levels i guess you'd call them you can uh buy new guns upgrade your guns yeah. sell off other guns he's a big man the duke he's I a like big him. unit i like him <laughs> I'm, 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 li- I'm liking him as a character yeah but yeah i can't wait we don't have to wait very long at all for the full release of this game, but we've got demos dropping uh, in the next couple of... Well, by now, if you're listening to this, the demos will be pretty much out or just about to be released. You may have missed it. Yeah. You might need to pause this podcast, quickly go play. <laughs> yeah, get that download. You've got eight hours, baby. Got eight hours. But otherwise, you get, you get the, the demo on obviously May 1st and 2nd uh, if you do not own a PlayStation right now and you're playing on Xbox, that's that's fine too. So uh, yeah, you get a demo like <laughs> the week before the game releases to see if it's for you, which is cool. I like that. I like that. But Miss Hart, that, uh, that brings us to the end of the news. Maybe we should jump across to this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet, <laughs> we're, uh, we're highlighting some injustice here, some social travesties. I don't some- know about that. Maybe online bullying to a degree, I would say as well. Like uh, this, this tweet was sent out to, you know, rile me to attack my uh, my moral compass and my <laughs> uh, my core. And the tweet was uh, fired off by at we are eight bits, so our uh, our official eight bit Twitter. And the question was simple, but we've got to ask: mashed potato or roast potato? And and with roast, I put like slash baked potato. I see that as one and the same. That's the same what? thing, right? No. <laughs> a baked spud and a roast spud. So they're both cooked in an oven. Yeah, but a roasted spud is, is specifically made for an exterior like hard crust and a soft interior. Whereas, yeah. a, no, baked potato is still meant to be relatively soft all around. Nah, like I, my baked spuds, I, I make the crust crunchy too. How do you make them crusty when you when crunchy when you're supposed to have them in the tin foil? Well, with a with a bake spud, like I'll put them like a little bit of thin oil in there, and I'll roll them in a bit of corn flour, and then cook them and, and rotate it around, so you get a nice crunchy edge and a nice soft. In interior. a tin foil? I don't always tin foil them. Well, that's no. what, that's, mm, well, you might have just opened a can of worms just now on that statement. Maybe come at me, internet, but. <laughs> Also, come at me, all you fools that voted for MASH because they won this Still. vote with 56 or just under 56% of the vote. I am very, very frustrated about this. I said I will riot if they, if MASH win, and they won. So I'm still planning my riot. It's it's not done yet. I'm uh, slow rolling, <laughs> slow playing this one. So uh, it's going to happen. I just need to work out how I'm going to riot and how it's going to play out. And if I 
you know, can avoid any potential legal issues. So, uh, as like uh, with my Irish heritage, um, I technically love all potatoes of every kind except for gnocchi. So it was it's always hard to decide between this or that or this or that. However, between mash and roast, I picked mash because consistently. I just, I fucking love mashed potato and the soft, buttery, maybe if you're lucky, garlicky, soft, just, oh, mush. It's so good. I love it. It's such a comforting food. Don't get me wrong. I love a roast potato. I just feel like the variable of it being bad is higher with a roast potato. Like you, someone might not cook it enough or they cook it and the outside might be Rubber is it rubbery is the texture that I'm going for here where someone yeah. hasn't cooked it right and you kind yeah, of can, you bite into the roast potato that. and you're like you have to gnaw it. Yeah, out, it's sort so. of you like you tear the skin almost yeah. to get in there and yeah. I'm with so, you. Yeah, so that's 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 kind of how I felt with this one. So um uh so I am proud of you, uh mash voters. We won. It was it's it's pretty close to be fair. It wasn't like, you know, mash won by a landslide, but yeah. the point is we won. Yeah, it, it's a heartbreaker. Like, um, <laughs> there was some interesting sort of varying levels of discourse on the socials oh, yeah. as well. Like, uh, yeah, like uh, our boy Liam Garbs, he uh, he said, "How can I ever trust the Eight Bit Network again if Mash wins?" Heathens, I'm right there with you. But then, like, um, <laughs> Craig Shipway with the uh, Mash with the the Homer drool gif. Uh, Jamie, Jamie, with some some logic here, you know, he said it depends on what it's paired with. If it's a roast meal, then definitely roast. Otherwise, I'd say mash. But then he also said, why isn't potato bake on this poll? It's amazing. Potato, potato bake. Don't get amazing. me started on I've I've got an axe to grind on potato bakes and pasta bakes and all them too. I fucking hate those things. What so the fuck uh, is wrong with you, bro? Many things. Many things. But it's see, I don't like those because of the amount of cream and cheese. That's why I don't like those but, things. Yeah, like they they could be done wrong at the same time as well but like i feel like with you like if someone makes a really nice potato bake there's bacon in there yeah that's okay it doesn't over like it's the cheese and the cream for me with potato bakes i'm just like mm, no no thanks no thanks no i'm i'm out someone i'm out at you man like yeah yep blame blame my upbringing i don't know but like coming from the country like we ate this kind of stuff all the time yes, and i just potato never liked is it like a key <laughs> a key product so you you know you usually get it every which way you can yeah, yeah. Like potato is great. I love potato in most of its forms. Sounds it's like a very, very special vegetable. But like there was, you know, Tilby mashed baby. See, yeah. dying rum pirate. Why not both? You know, I can respect that. I mean, same. It's on both. Uh, a clay mashed all day. Uh, Pengs mashed is the best all rounder, but roast is when you want to impress. See, I like that. No, because like, like I, I kind of like um someone did mention also duck fat. Like if you do roast yes. duck fat, yes, yes, that is that is like some fancy ass shit. However, like have if you've never experienced like god tier mashed potato where someone um they you create the mash but then you also put it through the um I actually don't know what the thing is. It's like a sieve. So you, you kind of put it through there. So then it just creates this next level, like light fluffiness. And then when like the potato touches your tongue, it almost like almost like evaporates with the butter and the milk and the garlic. And it's just, oh, and it's fancy too. It's fancy as shit. See, you're selling it to me, but I've eaten enough in air quotes, best mashed potatoes all over the world. And they just wrong. Some people can fuck that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just, I don't know. 
It's funny. I did um jumped on the pod with uh, Wilco and his crew with the uh, the Locked On Lads Man Cave podcast the other oh, day, yeah. and they asked how much it would cost for me to eat a plate of mashed potatoes for charity. So that's where I'm trying to measure up now. Like for the next charity drive, how many dollars would it take for me to eat a plate of mashed potato? How many dollars to make you judge mashed potato? Because it seems like if you had like three maybe variations of preparation of mashed potato, maybe you could be won over as at the mm. same time. If someone just gives you one mm. basic one, you might be like, well, this sucks, you know. But if someone gives yeah. you like, if they give you three variations, like... You know, I like with, what you're putting out here. Yeah, with butter, with skin, with garlic. You know, there's different ways of doing mash. Yeah, I like this. I think we're onto something here. Mm. But uh, yeah, Sniper says neither. Chips. True. Yeah, can't argue with that. Chips are great and <laughs> they come in great. many, many ways. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's going to be a discussion for another day with something we're working on in the future, I think. We can do just a chip-based discussion, and I'm very excited for that. And then the last one, Mark Brooks says, twice baked, of course. Twice like baked. Double, double baked. So I'm wondering if he started with like a, a higher heat to get that crunchy edge and then sort of putting it down afterwards just to sort of uh, maintain that fluffiness inside. There's the process of boiling the potato first and then baking it. That's how I do my, my spuddies, oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I it's, it's the best doing. way to do it. It's laborsome. Yeah. <laughs> it's laborsome. It if you're already boiling ass, that yeah. shit, just mash it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I'd, but I'd, I'd take a boiled potato over mash. A boiled potato? Yeah. No, actually, that was that was like the one where my, if my mom placed like a boiled potato in front, you go to the kitchen, you pull out some butter and you grab your fork <laughs> and you just... Yeah. Load her up, baby. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still a little bit heartbroken to see... Uh, to see mash run away with this one like i wonder how much of that is genuine yes they think mash is better or no genuine they want to see me right and want to see me hurt so uh it's a good chance that it's probably the last one bit of both bit of both but you know what it's okay everyone has their opinions not not not, they're not always right but uh you know it's fine it's fine and we'll uh we'll certainly be talking more about this and, and working out uh how to how to get me back in the mash mash wagon you know, see if I can become pro mash. I like this idea of getting like half a dozen different calibers of mash in front of me yeah. and grading them and seeing if any uh, cut the mustard. But uh, yeah, Miss Hart, that's, um, that's the end of that segment. Maybe we'll jump into this before we get on out of here for another week. New releases and events. And so we're talking about things happening this upcoming week between Monday April 19th through to Sunday, the 25th of April. And obviously right now you'll be listening to episode 236 of The Hungry Gamers. And also, hopefully you'll be playing that uh, Resident Evil Village demo. So that is happening right now for PlayStation users only. Tuesday, the 20th sees the release of Hoop Dreams, episode number 35, as well as Winston Blue, turning three. So the little Frenchie boy, the big three years old this Tuesday. So uh, shout out to Winnie. I'm going to be baking him a cake and, and doing Aww. doing our thing. So it's going to be cute. Check the socials. You'll see him and Bentley rocking them party hats and living their best lives. Uh, Wednesday, the 21st of April, we'll see the next episode of This Thing On. And that stars myself, 
Australia's John O'Peck and uh, Benny McJanet riffing about something. We're going to be recording that this afternoon, so I don't know where it's going to go yet. Miss Hart, actually, Miss Hart, while I got you here, mm. where should I try and take is this thing on? What kind of topic should I try and generate a discussion out of? Damn, I'm trying, like, I'm literally trying to think of where heads could collide. <laughs> like, what are things <laughs> that people are passionate about? It's a shame because you and Jono have recently done a music discussion, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like I feel like Benny still fits within the niche of music style, but he's on a different angle. Um, mm. Me and Benny actually align pretty well musically. Um, we both have a love for Kill Switch. I don't know. I feel like a music angle might work. Okay. I'll think about that. I'll see. Maybe I, I can say something like, why is Kill Switch Engage overrated or something? Don't you fucking dare or I will fly <laughs> to <laughs> Queensland. <laughs> I like the band. I'm just like doing it to try and get a get a reaction. You got my reaction. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy I've succeeded. Uh, Thursday the 22nd, we're going to see Mortal Kombat hits the cinemas yes. on Thursday the 22nd for us arsies here. So I cannot wait to watch that uh, this weekend with my mama. It's going to be very exciting. That's so sweet. Uh, Friday the 23rd, Cocktail Club number four goes into full access. So that's... Uh, this is obviously Benny's offshoot cocktail club and the fourth episode sees our buddy Watson and him riffing and dranking and talking life. So that's going to be a good listen. Obviously, we're going to have the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropping on that Friday as well. Mm. And also the, I think it's the seventh episode of Invincible dropping on Amazon as well. I know, Miss Hart, you're still well off enough. You haven't gone back, have you? Nope. <gasps> it's good. It's good. And then uh, next weekend, uh, on Sunday, we're going to have the Hungry Game Show's latest episode with Screamus battling an as yet untitled game. He's gonna he's gonna let me know over this weekend, and then I'm gonna get to work on uh, whatever this game's gonna be. But I'm pretty excited for for Screamus to jump on in and test his trivia metal and see how he goes. Um, as far as game releases, MLB The Show is dropping uh, April the twentieth slash twenty first. We know where you are in the world. Uh, Adelaide Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack, April 22nd. Buildings Have Feelings 2 on April 22nd. Judgment, April the 23rd. And Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 dropping on April the 23rd. Righto, what a game title that is. Mm. Choices. (laughs) Just to be different. Just to be different. But Miss Hart, anything else you want to say or shout out before we uh, close this bad boy down for another week? Uh, no, I actually have... Oh, there's a indie title that I got uh, notice of that's a point-and-click adventure. I believe it's called The Strange Land. It's kind of spooky, kind of weird, but it's a point-and-click adventure. So if you're kind of into point-and-click adventures and you also like a bit of the weird, mysterious kind of uh, type of gameplay, look at it. Look for it on Steam. And I think it's still, like, got release in May. And remember the what I said Strange about... The Strange Land. Yeah, The Strange Land. Um, remember what I said about wishlisting, especially with these indie games, these small developers as well on Steam. Um, wishlisting games really helps them get noticed, get you know a little bit more exposure on the Steam store and recommend it as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, I I remember this. Um, the the devs randomly emailed the other day if we wanted to cover this. Do you want to cover this, Miss Hart? Maybe I will. I think I, I think I got a I got a key or two coming. The art style. I saw it in just a couple of the stills when, when um, uh, I think her name was Emily, sent me the sort of the presser on this game and it looks super cool. It looks so great. Um, it kind of reminded me, like the reason why I it got my attention is because Giga? of other... Huh? 
It reminds me of like H.R. Giga's stuff, the guy that, you know, obviously a little known bit, mostly for Alien. A little bit of that, but um, games that I've played, um, like The Cat Lady. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, very dark kind of, um, you know, atmosphere or story, I guess, in the point and click kind of category. So that's why it's on my radar. If you're interested in that kind of thing, check it out on Steam, wishlist it and give it a look. Yeah, comes out in full on the 25th of May. Uh, done by Wormwood Studios. So, uh, yeah, it looks cool. It certainly caught my attention uh, when I got that email the other day. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have we'll have some extended coverage of that one coming over the, the, the next few weeks prior to release of uh, Strangeland. Yeah, look forward to it. Very much so. And I also just wanted to shout out uh, to friends of the show, Liam and Kim, on the big announcement that, uh, that they dropped this past week. I know that's very broad and very uh, ambiguous and doesn't sort of go into specifics just because I didn't probably vet it with uh liam if uh, that's something that is too public but just wanted to just want to shout out and say awesome work and um you know, all the best and we're, we're pretty excited for that but hey, miss nice. hart what do you think let's go down out of here let's wrap it up did i even speak words then i think i said let's get on out of here but it just sounded like um i was just yelling yelling random syllables but anyway <laughs> that brings to the end of the hungry gamers for another week until we next week uh, until next week Happy nation much love yes. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. What about potato salad? I can eat potato salad, but I'd, I'd prefer pasta salad than potato salad. But potato salad. salad's creamy. Yeah, but it's like it's like a mayonnaise cream as opposed to like a thickened, warm cream. Oh, you're so weird. I am very weird. Yeah, pasta salad over potato salad any day. <laughs>